This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. This week's sermon is by Archbishop Benjamin Kwashi and is from the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. I want to share with us um, from the verse 8 of the epistle that was read, Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you very much for bringing us together in this sanctuary to cry our hearts out for our problems and to find help from heaven, to seek your face that we may know you more. We thank you for bringing us together to our fellowship with you and with one another. But above all, we pray that as we gather your word, your word will be broken for us. And each one of us gathered here will receive the broken word in ways that each one of us will understand and hear God speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'll open our hearts now by the power of the Holy Spirit that we may receive the living word, Jesus, and recognize him and obey him and follow him. Lord, draw our hearts to this moment that haven't come to the sanctuary, Lord, will be captured by the love of Jesus. Holy Spirit, please do this and honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At the last service, I was looking at the timing clock, but now it's even been turned down. Your only saving grace is that I've got a flight to catch this afternoon. <laughs> Otherwise, it's an African thing to go on and on and on. <laughs> the text we have in front of us is part two of Luke's writing to a gentleman called Theophilus. He had written earlier on what we know as the Gospel of Luke, in which, as a scientist that he is, he carefully examined each evidence of the birth of Jesus Christ, his life, his ministry and mission, his passion, his crucifixion, his death and burial, and his resurrection. And he's now taken the part two of the story to explain to Theophilus that the phenomenon of Jesus is no ordinary phenomenon. It is God at work in the affairs of men. It is God's own intervention in the helplessness of humanity to save itself. 
and that all that had happened in the revelation of Jesus and the coming of Jesus it is in order that man may be delivered from sin as a matter of fact that man may be delivered from himself and the deliverance is not just a, a salvation which takes man from sin and transports him to heaven no it's a salvation that transforms a human being and everybody will see that such a useless man like the man with demons at the Gennesaret bank of the river is now a changed person and you could physically see that something has changed inside of him and scientifically you could understand that his mind has been returned to him and he's now a transformed person and he's now going back to the society to transform the society and Luke further explains that the coming of Jesus is in order to take people, ordinary people, ordinary people, who are now transformed, and they will now become God's agents of transformation. My friends, you're not coming to church to listen to good Bible studies. That is good or to ask prayers to be answered that is necessary or to to have a fellowship and break bread and see friends that is great but what God has behind his mind for you is that when you take the bread of fellowship when you meet each other and you receive good sermon ordinary you can be a transformer of the society in Chicago you're not just sitting here and taking all the services in and you had a good service a great service a great sermon a great worship no God is empowering you to do something greater that no one thought you could do but that's only possible when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so Luke is explaining to Theophilus, who is probably a senator or a governor, in, 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 in his ele elevated status, he cannot understand what's going on. He is a spectator of all that had happened from the life of Jesus and up to now, but things that are happening, he needs some explanation. Why are these fishermen, ordinary people, why are they creating such news you know the problem with news nowadays is that the the journalists are waiting for some terrible event happening like the ones in where I come from in Nigeria Boko Haram have thrown three bombs you just see it breaking news bombs in jaws Boko Haram have slaughtered 50 people. You see, breaking news, 50 people are dead. Now, the problem that Theophilus had, and indeed all the other people in the community, was that the news was reporting something else. But some ordinary people were creating a news greater than the news of the journalists. Do you get what I'm saying? If today, 
any one of us here opens up our heart to Jesus and we decide to be open for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and we leave this place filled with the Holy Spirit we will make news don't be in doubt I'll prove it to you so Luke explains to Theophilus that what he is seeing is a promise of God from Joel that the Holy Spirit is going to come and the people are going to receive the Holy Spirit but Luke goes on to say that what he what Theophilus is seeing also is a fact of the faith the Jewish leaders who had opposed Jesus are the same people opposing this new movement but that should not be the trouble because nothing can stop this new movement it is in the power of the Holy Spirit you see the Jewish leaders thought that if they killed Jesus the movement will finish that, that was their thinking and it probably is the same for us today if somebody does something you don't like you kill him if you don't like somebody's success you kill him uh, you can kill anybody but Jesus has proved that killing a believer is a waste of energy because when they killed Jesus to silence him on the third day he rose now Jesus threw us into a confusion because he did not reveal himself to other people he revealed himself only exclusively to his disciples and to any others whose hearts are open to him are you with me and the same is true today if you do not open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and you ask him in and let him be your Savior and Lord and truly submit to him you will never know him you can be in church and it's a great thing you'll give offerings and we will take it but you need to know Jesus for your own good you see if I was Jesus and Pontius Pilate killed me and Caiaphas and all the others who sold me when I resurrect I will go to them first <laughs> I say guys you killed me look at me now <laughs> Jesus don't do that Jesus is looking for those whose hearts are willing to accept him as their Lord Jesus wants to be Lord of your life for your good you see I was born in a Christian home my mother and father Christians I was baptized I was confirmed I took communion but I didn't know Jesus 
until in the streets of Lagos someone witnessed Jesus to me and when he was talking to me about Jesus I told him I know Jesus because I have heard about Jesus in the church I was Sunday school kid I was choir kid I was youth kid apparently the Jesus I knew was not the Jesus of Nazareth I knew only Jesus who knows how terrible I am and doesn't know, know what to do with how terrible I am except to send me to hell. This man told me, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And he told me that God loves me. I said, no, nobody can love me because I know me. I am terrible. My mother knows me. My mother did everything for me to change. Couldn't change my dad. No, I couldn't change. Until this man in the street assured me that when Jesus forgives me, he forgives me everything. And that on the cross, my sins were washed away. And that God would embrace me, a sinner, and cleanse me and give me a new power. And the Holy Spirit will come upon me, and that power is for me to remove all envy, all bitterness, all slander, all hate, all jealousy, all lies, all filth, all drunkenness, all every iniquity, fornication, adultery. The Holy Spirit comes and detaches me from them all, and now I walk freely, completely, no longer carrying the burden of guilt, of sin, and stain, of evil. And now I can be used by the Holy Spirit to change other things. Nobody forced me. Nobody beat me. I began to cry. And in a simple way, I prayed to Jesus. And I asked him to forgive me. I repented. I truly did. You see, the problem with our modern church is that people don't repent. They like to come to church, but they like to keep their iniquities. Holy Spirit will never walk that way. You must let go. If you are genuinely born again, you must repent. Because when I repented, a year and a half later, I chose to come home to come and ask my mother's forgiveness. I didn't talk. My mother knew something had happened when she saw me. I, did, I didn't tell her, but she knew it. When Jesus is Lord of your life, people will know. You know, I, I keep animals a lot. I love them. I have pussycats, I have dogs. Um, those are the ones I keep. Gloria keeps anything. In fact, I told my friends, one day you might come and find me in a cage. <laughs> because she has monkeys, she has ostrich, geese, donkeys. Well, the horse is mine. She has horse, all the animals, and she keeps bringing them into the house. So, I, and she she cares for them all. And, and and I said to her, Gloria, I would probably also become some animal so that I receive that kind of care you are giving to the animals. <laughs> But it is strange with Gloria, much as she loves animals, the one thing she cannot stand is pussycats. <laughs> she can't. And you know what? The pussycats know it. 
So when they hear her footsteps, when she returns, they know the sound of the cars. So they know the sound of her car. And when she's coming into the house, every pussycat will jump down from the cushions and begin to look for where to hide. <laughs> but if it is me, they'll still be on the couch. And as soon as I sit down, they come, meow, meow, rubbing me all over. Now, friends, if animals can tell those who love them and those who don't, you know whether you love God or not. You know. And the purpose that God gave the Holy Spirit is to create this loving relationship where when you open your heart to God, it don't matter how terrible your sin is. It don't matter how terrible people have said you are. It don't matter how terrible you have lived your life. The Holy Spirit comes and washes you clean. And turns you into a new man. My mother knew that something has happened. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And Luke is saying to Theophilus that these ordinary men that you're seeing, the reason they're different is the Holy Spirit. The reason they are able to now speak about what they know is the Holy Spirit. The reason they are carrying the gospel to everybody is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And that's why they are now speaking boldly. Fear has gone. Gone. And friends, in my journey in life, I have had people challenge me, like the Pharisees of old. They said, do you know that the Bible was written by men? I said, I know. Do you know that some of the verses are incoherent or something went wrong with some, some, some translation according to them? I said, I know all of that. We read it in theology. But I also say to them, can you explain how I came to Christ? I cannot deny that. I have to tell what happened to me. Wasn't it the blind man also who theologians were challenging him? Tell us, tell us, this man who healed you is a sinner. He said, I don't know whether it's a sinner or not. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I can see the man you call a sinner. He opened my eyes. I don't care your theological theologies. I don't care your degrees and all the books you've written. One thing I know, I was a sinner. Jesus saved me. How do you explain that? Jesus is alive. That's the heart of the message. And because he's alive, he's active even now. If today you choose and you decide to open your heart to Jesus, you will see him. You will know him. And the Holy Spirit will come to you today. And you will be 
a new person. Just like the apostles were transformed. You can be transformed today because Jesus wants to do it now. He wants to do it. And you know what? Like I always say, it's for our good. It's for your good. Three things very quickly. The first is that the evidence we have for the mission of the church, as we see in the Acts of the Apostles, and the only evidence we have for the mission of our church is when we receive the power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Because Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. Verse 8. The word power in Greek is called dynamis, which is where we got our word dynamite. The power of the Holy Spirit that the disciples experienced was not a docile power. It was the power that domesticates every other sin, packs it out and throws it out. And you know, I am a retired sinner, so I know how it works. When you're carrying your iniquities, they, they're so heavy. It's very, very heavy, believe me. When you're carrying bitterness and hurt and injuries, you keep going to the psychologist. They don't know what to do with it. They keep saying, well, you're suffering from a hurt from your grandmother, from your great-grandmother. They tell you the problem. Yes, that is true. But what do you do with it? Do you need it? Only the Holy Spirit can remove it and heal you. Only the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, when he comes upon you, he, he, he changes you. He takes away all those hurts of the past. And you can walk freely. And what happens to you? Now you can declare with your lips and say, I'm healed. I'm recovered. I'm forgiven. And you say it. You say it. You can't stop saying it. When Jesus saved me, I, I have a group, I mean young people, we always had our peers, and I belonged to a very large group of friends. It was getting a bit difficult for me to tell them at the beginning because they would come to say, are we going out tonight? And I said, no, I'm not going. They said, why? Mm, I cannot give the reason. And then on and on, after some three months, they began to say, well, Ben, would you have a smoke? Have a smoke. I said, no, I don't. One of them said to me, Ben, after three months, you will come back. We met last year in Abuja in our 60s, and I reminded him. I said, you said after three months I'll come back. And he says, no, 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 Ben, forget about that. <laughs> because 42 years I've not come back. But little by little I began to tell them, sorry, I have to go to church. Sorry, I have to go to Bible studies. Then they recognized and saw that something had happened to me. And it wasn't long before I began to tell them about what Jesus has done for me. The evidence of mission. The power transforms us to become transformers. 
And the only reason I'm able to stand before you here today and now is because the Holy Spirit transformed my life. If it didn't happen, you will never know me. I will not be here. But secondly, Jesus said, and you will be my witnesses. So he gives them a purpose why the Holy Spirit will come. And in being a witness, you can only say what you saw, what you've experienced, or what you know to be true. Peter testified to the crowd. He said, what you see today is not alcohol. It looks as though we're drunk, but we're not. It's just the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. We were locked in out of fear, but now we can speak confidently and boldly and tell you that Jesus is alive. And the joy of the Lord was visible. Everybody saw it. And about 3,000 people said, look, help us. What do we do to be saved? They were cut to the heart. Friends, I know in the Western world you're being told you cannot speak about your faith. What a lie. What a lie. People are waiting to know the secret of your joy, of your happy family life. People are waiting to, to know the secret of why is it that you're not perturbed about the things that are happening around the world? Why, why are you not worried? Why are you not disturbed? Why are you not anxious? They want to know the secret. Tell them, Jesus saved me and I have confidence and comfort in Christ. If I die now, I go to Jesus. If you kill me, I go to Jesus. If I live, I live for Jesus. So either way, you are in good business. You lose nothing. What a wonderful life. So when people frighten me and say, I will kill you, Ben Kwashi. I will going to finish you, all the Christians. I said, I'm waiting for who will send me to Jesus quickly. Please come, please come. But if you don't kill me, I will testify. I will bear witness to Jesus every day, anywhere. So if you kill me, I go to be with Jesus. If you leave me, I speak about Jesus. Either way, I'm in good business. <laughs> Stephen testified. They killed him. He went to be with Jesus. Missionaries of old, they testified. They went to be with Jesus. Those who didn't die, they continued the work of Jesus. And finally, Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses. He gives us scope in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is where actual mission begins to make news. When a daddy comes back home and is no longer complaining and grumbling and is no longer shouting and is suddenly become gentle and nice and kind and even taking the book to read stories for his little children the, the wife begins to wonder what has happened is it the same man at home when a mommy comes back and she's not yelling at her husband and she's looking after everything the man begins to wonder am I seeing correctly 
the bearing of witness of Jesus begins with a converted person. Your conversion must bear witness in your home. In your family, your children have got to know that you are saved. Your wife, your husband, your family, your immediate family have got to know that something real has happened in your life. Something real has happened in your life. And please may I beg you, I know that many books have been written how to raise families in the West. I've read quite a few, but none of them has authority. What has authority over your life is the Bible. Listen carefully. In Deuteronomy, God said to Moses to tell children of Israel in chapter 6, he said, teach your children at home to love the Lord. To revere the Lord God Almighty. Teach the children with writings on the wall. Read it to them. Talk to them about it. And let them hear and memorize. I bless African mothers because the experience that I have and what I see from Gloria is such a wonderful experience. And I recommend it to all mothers. An African mother, you have no excuse if she believes. You better believe. Oh yeah, you better believe. I mean, when you grow up and leave your house, you can choose not to believe after that. But as long as you are under an African mother, for safety purposes, believe. <laughs> My mother, she was something else. And then I grew up and left home, and then I went into the world. But when I knew Jesus now for myself, I came back home to thank her. Up till today, when I go to her graveside, I tell her, you are a great mother because you taught me. I may have rebelled, but I come back. Even when I came back, she knew that something has happened in my life. And then I watch Gloria with her children in the modern world. It is on Sunday mornings. The children, Mommy, I cannot find my shoe. I can't see my socks. I can't find my shirt. She said, you're going to church naked. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> no excuse. So when we go out on evangelism with Gloria, and I notice that there's plenty of women, I say, Gloria, please talk to the women. Because if you get five women, boy, your church is half full. Because they're going to come with all their children and dependents. Everybody's got to believe. Even if they don't believe, come, you believe. Begin from your home, my friends. Let them know you believe. Let them know you believe from the home. And then the community will see things are changing in your house. There is some etiquette that's different from, from, from the modern civilization. Your children are polite. 
Your children are well behaved. We were on a train from Reading to London and without then four children and our children were sitting and playing and we didn't know throughout that two-hour trip that some old ladies, English ladies, had observed us and they were dropping before us and they watched and said, Gloria, are these all your children? She said, yes. She said, they are well behaved. Thank you. And they went away. What a testimony. In a world of chaos, you can stand out to be different. Why? Because you're converted. Holy Spirit is in you, and you're a bearing witness, both at home and outside. Anywhere. Anywhere. But not only must you be converted, but you must know that the time is short. And you, if you watch how the apostles preached the gospel and they rushed it through, knowing that they would be killed very soon, they were urgent about it. And it's not about postponing your decisions till tomorrow. It is now, my friends. It's urgent. It's now. The Holy Spirit has got to start using us to be a blessing here in Wheaton and beyond in Chicago, Illinois, in the U.S. now. And believe me, God can use you. God is waiting for willing hearts. God is waiting for open hearts. The home front, everywhere. Go out with the gospel and preach it. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do the good you have always wished you should do. The Holy Spirit gives you courage to confront evil. The Holy Spirit uses ordinary human words testifying to the gospel to break hearts and to bring people to repentance. The Holy Spirit is the only source of power from God, from God for God's mission here on earth. Take time, my friends. Give God the chance to come upon you in the power of the Holy Spirit to empower you for mission from here to everywhere and to eternity. Please bow your heads and let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to you this morning and right now we bow our heads and our hearts in reverence to who you are, the Lord. And we ask that in ways that only you can do, to minister to each heart here present, to confront us with your truth, to cut us to the heart, to enable us to make a decision from today to be counted as one of those you want to use. Those who are open to you that we may see you, know you, and follow you in full obedience. Oh God, do this for your name's sake. And we pray, even now, if there's anybody here present as we're praying who may wish to be open to God, to meet with Jesus and be empowered with the Holy Spirit, Please raise your hand where you are, and I'll pray for you. Thank you. God bless you. Just raise it straight. God bless you there. I can see those hands. Keep it raised. God bless. Father, as many hands as are raised now, I pray that you will receive. You'll come into their hearts and into their lives to transform them now. And may they receive this gift as I ask that you come down, Holy Spirit, 
upon these your men and women, and indeed upon the church, to transform us, that we may become transformers of society, transformers of homes, bearers of the gospel, and bearing witness in the world. Lord, we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.